Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Shankleberg. And this is Kirk Gray. Hey, Kirk. Hey, Fred. According to my little cheat sheet here for keeping track of recordings and stuff <laughs> like that, this is going to be our 750th episode. That you and I've done? Well, it feels like it doesn't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now that the show is we, done. We average about two a month, right, for you and me. That's yeah. typically. Yeah, so you, you, know, you got a quarter of them. More. So you're, you know, we're yeah. in I, well over 100, 150 or something like that episodes. But I have episode number one, you and do. nobody's going to take that from me. No. <laughs> well, I don't know. iTunes kind of does because they only show the last 100 so, oh really? To, yeah, you have to really dig to go further back in the uh, in the list. Yeah, I'd say most of it's still good uh, material. Oh yeah, good because it's not usually dated or anything. Once in a while, we talk about a current event, but most of the yeah. time, it's green. We call it Greenfield or Greens. I don't know Greenpeace. That's not the right word. Uh, whatever. <laughs> but hey, what is, you know, what better topic to talk about than the. Um, the decisions or the lack of decisions to say something is should be shipped or not. Is it and one of the criteria that we have lots of evidence on is is it safe? And you sent me right. something the other day, this piece of medical equipment saying, we don't really know what's wrong with it, but if you take the batteries out and reboot it all well, and by the way, this is time sensitive. I imagine yeah. this medical device sensor meter, whatever. You know, it's, it's a like, yeah, it measures your blood sugar. Yeah, and it's like what in the, and you were talking about, and I've seen it myself in medical facilities that a lot of this stuff just doesn't work, <laughs> and it's, and and then they have all of the. Uh, oversight and controls and, and making sure that, you know, the name matches the prescription, matches the dosage and, right. and all right. this kind of controls in place. Right. There's safety interlocks essentially for medical uh, administration for, you know, administering medicine so that you don't give, you know, the wrong medicine to the wrong patient, which unfortunately happens. Yeah. Well, it's well the same in a manufacturing line. I and mean, I worked on a circuit manufacturing. Um, sure. You really don't want to put the wrong component in a spot, right? If it calls no. for a hundred ohm resistor and you put a thousand ohm resistor in it, it might make a difference. It, in, right. in, you know, or all, it could even be worse cases than that. And when you look at a reel of resistors, they are visually identical. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know. sure, right, right, right. And there's paperwork, and and different production lines have you know. Do you have a double? Two people look at it, or you have procedures to do it, or they're kitted in a certain way. Um, right. But then it it ha still has to work with the equipment. The equipment has to go. Oh, I know what component that is, and what dimension it is, and where it goes. And if that's not working. You, you just make scrap really fast. And right. so operators were constantly in the program and updating stuff. And I've seen it in uh, 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 cable equipment facilities. Uh, I've seen it in auto systems. I've seen it in medical device construction stuff, uh, sensoring equipment, uh, oil and gas industry, everywhere that 
we write a process or we write a technique or we create a product and it's just not there yet. <laughs> it's just whether it's a process or the equipment itself, it's just not there yet. Right. It's, it's, there's a learning curve usually with any new process or new setup. And, you know, with the, with manufacturing and semiconductor, I mean, uh, circuit boards and stuff like that, you know, it is easy. It would be easy to mix up or leave a reel of one type of resistor. And it may be just a, you know, it may not be that off in value or for instance, little MLCCs, you know, that really, if you left them off, they may not make a difference at all. Some well, of them. it depends. If they're a decoupling cap, that's no exactly. big deal, right? In right. most circuits, right. but in a high-speed right. circuit, it's critical. Or if it's in an RC circuit, it won't work. It just won't be, that's true. Uh, the circuit won't function. Right. It depends on the application. It's just like in one of the major failures of capacitors in uh, a circuit in a computer company that uh, was, you know, had 28 on the circuit board, only four of those were critical. And if the rest of them, we actually did uh, make all the other capacitors vent or get them to uh, bulge uh, so that they really were uh, failing capacitors. But only four of the 28 locations were critical to the perform to the actual uh, operation of the computer. Mm -hmm. I mean, turning it on and booting it up. So, but because of the problem and because of the manufacturing defect that was unknown, the latent defect, they had to replace all 28 capacitors. Yeah. I mean, the engineers didn't feel comfortable leaving known defective capacitors, even though they didn't affect the operation well, of the machine. You, and they really wouldn't cause a failure. You get one of those electrolytics, not just the bulge, but the vent. Now you got electrolytic yeah. solution all over the place, and right, that's just going right. to cause problems. And yeah. it smells bad, it's too. It's a problem. Yeah. Now, so the bigger point here is, is I was talking to somebody the other day, and you know, we, there's tons and tons of latent defects or just things that the product goes bad, or you got to take the batteries out and reboot it, or you got to do this or that. Um but those may or may not be safety issues. But somebody re- I was talking to uh, at least the other day, and she said, you know, every single day there's an auto recall. And it's not a recall just for fun. It's a safety <laughs> issue, right? Every yes. single day. And some of them affect, you know, just uh, one day's production or some affect hundreds of thousands of vehicles. Um, but And then there's medical device. FDA has a, a, a recall or warnings every day and the consumer protection agency has recalls every day. She says there's thousands and thousands and thousands a year in, and those are safety recalls. They're not recalls because they're losing money on it. No, it's no, the government saying, no, you need to fix this and recall it. And the, she, and her point was, is though, why do companies ship stuff that has a safety problem in it? Well, the question is, do they know it? Because that's certainly a big liability issue. Right. And that's why their testing is usually very secret and uh, and um, proprietary and never released. Is well, because it's – you know as well as I do is that, ha- you know, the companies that we've run into, they're doing standards and the tests they're doing is right. we take three samples right. and walk it around the block and exactly. then we call it good. Exactly. But some right. of they it is – but some of that is naivety, and some of the times it's, oh, that only happened once, we're going to ignore it. 
But the the point of decision that dawned on me in, in talking to Elise about this was that, um, and you're familiar with the truth table, right? Where there's the real world, the product is safe. And when we ship it, it'll be just fine. And that's what we want to do. When you decide to ship mm -hmm. it and people use it and it really is safe and everybody's happy. And the other mm -hmm. other side of this is a product is not safe for some reason. And we have decide that it's not safe based on our testing and data. And mm -hmm. the world is happy and we go fix that and, and then delay the shipment. Those are both good decisions. Right. But the opposite occurs is that when we... We think the product is bad. Let's see. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. We think the product is not safe and it right. really is. Right. So Ooh. what happens if we decide a product is not safe, but it really is? What, what, what would occur in an organization that said, we're not sure about this. We saw it once or yeah, we, we have some data that shows it on the margin. We need to fix that. Right. What? Well, I don't know, Fred. It, it you know it depends. It, there's a lot of factors involved. How many units have shown that? Is it repeatable? Was it a manufacturing well, defect? Right, Was no, it a design it, defect? It, we have some evidence. Some evidence of any of those things you just listed. That says, no, this isn't quite right. We got to fix this. But in reality, it's perfectly safe. It's fine. Well, but we I don't know on that the side of fixing it. I mean. If you can, if it's found and you know there's a fix that you can put in that will make sure that doesn't happen, even if you don't suspect it will ever again. But again, what's the root cause? What what, right. what is causing? What's causing this? So, so you're going to go spend some money and you're going to spend some time and energy. You might delay shipment, right? Yeah. But it it was a safe product, and you then are able to convince yourself it's still it's a safe product. Right. With some additional work. So you spend some money right. and some time and right. you go to it. Nobody gets hurt. No products get recalled. You, you err on the side of safety, right. of course. But on the other end of this is yes. that the product is really not safe. Right. It It is not safe. There is going to be a recall coming. But we convince ourselves with the testing or data or the analysis we do that it is safe. And so we ship it. And I think you used an acronym earlier. It's acceptable to ship. <laughs> ATS, ATS. Yeah. ATS. And I can't imagine anybody, any company knowingly ship a product with a safety issue because the liability, depending on what that safety issue is, is certainly a human death or fire or destruction, any kind of safety issue uh, is so makes a company so liable, potentially liable, especially if they know about well, it. Well, in the U.S. it is, but so so, but why is it that there are recalls every single day? Safety because I haven't recalls. discovered it. I just recently went and took my Kia uh, Soul. I mean, it's a 2018 Kia Soul, mm -hmm. and uh, so far I've had two recalls on it, and I've only owned it, you know, a year, two years, maybe. Okay, first one was an engine module update. Apparently, it really wasn't a safety issue because. They just wanted to have a better monitoring for their computer of the engine, and then they would guarantee the engine uh, for a lot more miles. So it really wasn't a safety issue. But the second one I just brought in this week, actually Friday, was a module in the ABS, the automatic braking system. Okay, mm -hmm. So that was a safety issue because obviously we let our 
as many as almost every car today or modern cars all have automatic braking systems, which means there's a computer actually controlling the wheels brakes mm -hmm. that you're you're telling a computer to stop. But the computer is saying, well, wait, this tire is still turning and rotating and this tire is not. And I'm going to, you know, start uh, I'll let the brake off on that. Yeah, tire, you know, that's a, yeah. 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 So we we actually have we're relying on a computer. People worry about uh auto, uh, you know, driving cars, uh, self-driving cars, but we've already let ourselves, uh, are, are depending on the computer system. Well, this was apparently a possible, uh, in the housing of the ABS, as I understood it briefly from the service people that, uh, could have scraped a trace on the circuit board if it had come off and that would have affected the ABS automatic braking system. Mm -hmm. So they did, you know, it's all free. I, cost me time but i'm definitely willing to go do that and you get a benefit of you know service they actually fixed a piece of, <laughs> i have to give this dealer uh credit for fixing something he didn't have to that mm -hmm. was under a cowling under the wheel and that was very nice of them uh for no charge but i'm i'm willing to do that but i think that a lot of these companies are you know is again making a thousand or a, if you can even and you can't test that many you know no, no, but no, gonna... no, I, I agree i agree there's all kinds of reasons for this but right but one of the fundamental things is this and i know you love statistics is that a lot of the standards-based stuff and a lot of the mindset of going into product evaluation is how few samples can i get by with and to, sh to avoid right, sure. a type one error which is the one sure. where we spend a little extra time thinking something's not safe when it really is. Now, the consequences, this is the key part of, the, of Elise's uh, discussion was, is that the consequence of making a mistake that something is not safe when it really is, is inconvenience. We got to spend right. a little more time and sort this out, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to, and most people don't even look at the type two error where we think it's good when it's not because we want it to be good. We, if we get supporting data and evidence that says, yeah, it's good, the pressure's off. We ship on time, we make our numbers, we you know, do all the things we're supposed to do and we signed up to do, it's all good. We don't wanna go look for problems when we have some evidence or data that supports our decision that it's good. So we don't do the rigorous testing. We don't run halt all the way to failure. We don't, you know, investigate failure mechanisms. Oh, it's only once. We don't do the root cause. All of those kinds of reinforcing activities support this idea of then justifying ignoring and not seeing the safety issue when it's really there. And so the that's why we have recalls every day. That's my my hypothesis. Is that it? That's your hypothesis. Yeah. I don't. I I would politely disagree that uh, any company. No, 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 no. Well, you okay. know, we, you well, know well, better well, than well, that. We well, okay. We know from the Challenger accident, the, the space shuttle Challenger, that engineer said, "Hey, this isn't right. We got to stop. We got to slow down. Right. This oh, won't work. Stop it. You don't can't launch this at this temperature. We haven't tested it. Right. And management saying, "No, no, no, no. We got to go with this because you know we've got all this thousand million dollars worth of fuel and loaded, and it's ready to go. And 
you know, all the astronauts and this is big Christy McCullough's big thing. And, you know, it's just all that kind of pressure. Yeah. To, to, to but that pressure is on the same and the people making phones or making a car is we, but it, when it get... comes to safety though, I, I, you know, that, of course that was a safety decision that uh, was fatal and very uh, tragic, but, and I just, for, for a lot of companies, I think like this Kia, uh, safety issue that I was just took my car in for that they didn't know about this. They didn't test it well enough. They didn't, they couldn't produce enough fatigue damage in a short enough time for that model. Or I don't know how many years of models that they, uh, recall. Well, I, know, but, I know, I know. I, I, I get that. But the idea is, is it's not testing is not how you build safety into a product. It's not testing. It's good design practices and good. Well, right. Attitude. Same with reliability or quality is you got to design it in, and it's the entire process. Right. Testing's a piece of that, but the issue is, is well, I don't that, think testing is putting in reliability. I think it's making sure that there are no things that are uh, potential reliability risks. That's well, let, all. Well, let me bring it that back. The good to, design practices, good design for manufacturability, design for reliability oh, yeah, yeah. are. And good design rules are are fundamental to making at least at time zero the product that works. Right. But making a product that withstands fatigue damage and aging and it's changing materials over time is is very challenging. I know, but that's no excuse for assuming that what we did last time is good enough next time. You've run into so many different organizations where you've right. said we need to test it the products to failure, understand those failures, and then improve the design. I mean, episode one of the show, right? Going all the way back to our first discussion on the show. Right, 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 right. But right. you've run into organization after organization after organization that says, why are we looking for failures? We're trying to create a product that works. And, exactly, and, the, and that's why I changed it to finding limits, okay? Right, right. Operational, just possibly destruct, not always, but... Uh, that's, that's why, you know, the semantics are very important because, you know, failure is negative. It's very bad. And we know you and I know failure is very good sometimes Right. that you can find stuff. That's how you find it. Well, that was the, that's the point though, is that the consequence of saying this has got a problem, we need to investigate it is, is a conservative error on the side of safety kind of decision. Yes. So then we have this, what's the fancy word of the day? Uh, dichotomy is that we have yeah. safety recalls in this country every day. And well, yes. So how do we square well, Fred, that? If we're okay. all being conservative and Fred. we're all saying we're making a safe product, Fred. when does it stop being lip service? And when do we actually say, no, we got to really investigate this or really understand it or do good design practices? Well, Fred, you and I know that the uh, process of manufacturing going from the prototypes pilot to full production ramps, depending on the product and what you're talking about volume, which is cars and phones and everything like that, where you never are at even a 0.1% of what you're going to finally produce. But we both know that in time, Manufacturing changes. Mm -hmm. uh, procurement tries to lower the price cost of things. They change things. Change things. Things change over the production life of the vehicle or the well, phone or right. whatever. Let's use that just as a simple example. Let's say um, 
we're going to change a capacitor. We're, we're talking right. about a capacitor. Right. We're going to go to a, a they're mm-hmm. going to a new factory or we got right. a, a smaller one or a lighter right. one or cheaper one, whatever. And mm-hmm. the sales guy says, it's the same form, fit and function. You'll never see the difference. That's right. Famous right. last words. Right. But you and I, when we hear something like that, we go, let's check this, right? right. Let's spend the extra exactly. hour and go check it. But, yeah. but all too often, there's pressure to get the line up and running. There's pressure for reducing costs. There's always. pressure always. Always. But the decision always. in those cases is based on scant data or right. any at all, right? Right. That says, all right, we're going to err on the side of ship it. It's fine. Right. All right. And even if only one in a hundred gives you a safety issue or one in mm-hmm. a thousand gives you a safety issue, mm-hmm. where do you draw the line going? Let's spend at least an hour and look at the chemistry of these two capacitors. Are they compatible right, right. for our application? Or, right. or is their manufacturing process stable, right? Do, can they actually make these things? You know, simple things to check. But it's a is little that bit, simple? It is actually. I've done it many times. It takes okay. a couple of hours and sometimes only five okay. minutes. The shortest inspection I ever made of a, an electronic site, I th- probably told you about this one. I was in Korea and they were com- they had asked me to come in and help them understand a contamination issue they had with their mm-hmm. circuit boards. Mm-hmm. And the taxi drove up into their drive, their loading dock area, and a huge cloud of dust from the gravel parking lot, gravel driveway thing they had, went up onto the loading dock where they had mm-hmm. racks and racks and racks of bare circuit boards yeah. that were staged from one station to the next station. And right. they were getting coated in, in, in road dust. Yeah. And so I asked the taxi to take me back to the hotel and I flew back home and, and I, you know, I called them from the hotel and I said, I know exactly what you, does. When you do the analysis, what kind of contamination are you seeing? Well, it's, and it was consistent with road dust. I, said, okay. I think I know exactly where it's coming from. <laughs> and I didn't even step foot in their factory. <laughs> I mean, sometimes well, that, things that are so bloody obvious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it it's just... easy. But they ignored it for years. They absolutely ignored it. When they were busy, they needed space. The loading dock's a good space. And all it took was one vehicle to go into that gravel area on a dry day, and it wiped out thousands of units, got contaminated. Hmm. Interesting. Corrosive road dust? I don't know. Well, have you ever <laughs> been to Korea? <laughs> you can't see. I, I don't know how many times I've been to, into Seoul, Korea, and I have yet to see the hills around the place. It's, it is just a I, I agree with that. air pollution I mean, I, beyond belief. I, yeah. When I went to Shanghai or when I went to China, I remember seeing a, a bright yellow thing in the sky it was the sun well you got lucky i only saw a street light <laughs> so yeah it was quite polluted back there in the early uh, 2000s oh it still is it still is probably but yeah. anyway yeah that's a contaminant you know sulfur has been known to uh, what, attack silver i think there was It'll attack uh, all kinds of stuff it, yeah exactly so that there, there has been a problem with pollution um actually causing uh, circuit failures oh, yeah. uh, because, of the, because of the chemistries. But, but the, um, so the so idea they, is, is that... They don't always know this. I well, mean, they, I, but sometimes it's... But you time. and I, if we had contamination, I'm not going to call somebody from the States to come in and tell them what to do, is <laughs> do a chemical analysis, find out what the source is, and exactly. stop it. Right? right this is not right. rocket science. Um, no. But the idea is, is that too much of our 
society is, oh, it's complex and yeah, we'll deal with the issues later. And most of the time they're not a big issue or that engineer doesn't know what they're talking about. They need more experience or, you know, it's just a lot of things are biased towards we want it to work. And then so that's what we look for is give me the data that shows it works. I even had a boss say, well, keep doing the experiment until you get the results I expect. Exactly. So, right. So that's, you know, you know, that's, and certainly we've, I've been in these situations where you show them the data and they just ignore it and say that that couldn't be like the Varactor that blew up because the lightning strikes going through entire systems of delicate instruments and getting to this tiny little, uh, 25 component, uh, Varactor for RF uh, tuning and and it's just like just absurd the management comes up with these absurd explanations that i just you know you baffles the mind how they could create that but but it, yeah it's for certainly the pressure to continue production for not stopping the line for not alerting to the customer that you may have produced some defective components and you're just hoping for the best or mm-hmm. you know some of them sometimes the defect isn't always fatal, and it, and it just causes a, a you know a function of the <laughs> take machine the batteries not to work. out and restart. Come yeah, back exactly. In 10 minutes. There you go. Okay, I said the least they could do is put an on-off button to, to, to remove the power, erase the memory. You know, you yeah. don't have to take the batteries out and put them back in. Well, and, why, and this is, what's with with computer modems or uh, uh, cable modems? You know, the first thing goes wrong is you have to unplug it, wait 30 seconds and plug it back in. Put a switch on it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's um, so right. So there are ways that uh, there's several reasons that, you know, uh, after the fact and that um, products that were thought to be safe can become unsafe through changes in manufacturing or actually, you know, a, a, a Miss mis, uh, application of a, a reflow program. Uh, somebody did for one run of boards. Yeah. Um, well, then, those yeah. kinds of things happen. Well, things can happen, but you you know yeah. as well as I do is if you have a solid design and it's a robust design and it's resilient right. to many right. many different right. mistakes, because those are going to exactly. happen. Exactly. And there's so many things to go. On. Well, anyway. That's that's the thought. It it made me think about it. Is we're also attuned to, well, I've got a little data that shows it's good, so I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna ship it, as opposed to, um, you know, if we make the mistake to think that oh, we need to do some more work on it. Now there is a boundary, right? You can't say I need. There's more stuff I can improve because nothing will get shipped. But right. at some point, there's got to be evidence that says it's good enough as opposed to a gut feel or a can-do attitude or this that or the thing because we still have recalls every day and and it just baffles me yeah our products are complex yeah our supply chains are really complicated all these other things that can apply to it right but that just means to be due diligence has to ramp up rather than getting out of the way that doesn't make sense to me Right. And that's why, you know, I always uh, suggest for certain sensitive products that maybe a HASA kind of audit and stressing of certain, uh, you know, as the system changes over time 
and procurement tries to make it cheaper in manufacturing costs or they try and lower the cost of manufacturing that the the robust margins the capability of the product uh, especially under stress conditions which show a lot of the weaknesses mm-hmm. um, is still there and so that you know that you don't know that uh, so you do know that at least over some period of time, you know, that that product is still as robust as the original design that you tested it for. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's I, I, I'm happy that they do recall it because, <laughs> you know, that this this Kia problem was addressed and that they came in. I certainly didn't have any problem with it. And I don't know what you know, they will never publish what percentage they found or what percentage of cars had this actual trace worn off because of the housing or right. because of some vibration. Well, some organizations in, you know, I don't know. And you'll never know. What, you'll no, never but I'm, know. I'm just thinking is that in some organizations, when there's a possibility it could happen, they fix it. Yeah. Right. And a recall might be the way they have to do it. And sure. others ignore it until they have to go to court. Right. And they may lose big. And right. I think what was it? The, Dakota, oh, it was the Dakota airbag sensor. Right, they fought exactly. That the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They fought it, and they're replacing it. But yeah. it cost it cost them a lot. It it may have cost the company. I think right. I don't know if Dakota's still around, but no, I don't think so. So the the, the idea though, um, and if you're listening to this, I'm sure there's handfuls of stories or horror stories or whatever that you may have and may not be able to share with us. We understand. But the idea is, is that to under, to focus on what is the risk to your organization? Is it an inconvenience that you got to go do a root cause analysis and sort something out and fix something? Or do you err on the side of ship it anyway? We got a timeline. And the consequence of getting it wrong is out of whack with the balance of in this equation. So take a look at your own organization and how can you help articulate what the risks are and maybe using risk is the terminology, but whatever your experience is, you know, if you're willing to give us a shout or we'll keep it anonymous or whatever, you can do that over at ascendoverliability.com slash go slash S O R. And you can find a, a way to leave us a message or uh, write us a message. Kirk and I, and the other hosts of the show are available on LinkedIn or on Ascendo. There's lots of ways for you to join the conversation and we'd love to hear from you. And hopefully you don't get hit by a recall and have to spend half a day at the uh, auto shop like Kirk did. <laughs> well, I, they, they were quite good. I must say, uh, the Kia service here was quite good, and and they did an extra uh, repair that they didn't need to. So, you know, I don't know that. In fact, uh, to me, that was a good recall because I got into the shop when something else needed to be fixed. Oh they yeah, no, free. it's and so they 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 showed that they wanted my business, yeah. and so and now you're giving them free advertising. So everybody in the Denver, or in the, you're in Fort Collins area, Boulder area. Where yeah, are you? Yeah, yeah. You in the Boulder area? I'm in. I'm in. I'm in uh, just east of Boulder uh, because it's Lafayette, Colorado, okay. which is you kind of call it maybe a suburb. <laughs> but you're in the there's Boulder. There's all kinds of little towns. You're in the Boulder in the south of Denver yeah. in the Boulder area. The Boulder Denver complex. Uh, there you go. Metroplex. It's all going to be yeah. one big suburb all the way up to Fort yeah. Collins yeah. someday. Yeah, I'll anyway, give it let just mention that you Kirk sent you so he gets a free car next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you later, Kirk. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon, Fred. Bye.
Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation if you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.